0: all times are eastern
1: The sound of guitars ripping through battle, the saberlight Chronicles begins with a meeting by a roaring fire. There, a tale is told of a new hero rising to the occasion. They're doubtful, yet determined to go against their own fears. One by one, they go through many trials, becoming stronger than ever before. It's a story that's as old as time, yet it's never been presented in a way quite like this. Fellowship didn't just deliver a remarkable debut album, they managed to vanquish the competition in one fell swoop. The Saberlight Chronicles isn't the best power metal album, nor the best metal album of 2022 in general. It is by far the best piece of musical art we have been gifted this entire year. Mm-hmm. And today, myself, John Star and AFLM are very excited to have on one-on-one, the vocalist from Fellowship Raise Your Swords and Goblets, as we welcome vocalist Matthew Corey. How are you doing today, Mr. Corey?
2: I am... I'll be very
3: flattered. What a, what an intro. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've never had such a plum, you know? Oh, yeah. Evan has always put together the most incredible intros for <laughs> everybody, so it's... Yeah, and... and and we ourselves, we over here at, on the show, we're huge music lovers, and we've we've listened to everything. And yeah, uh, I I myself have have come into the group as more of the, the metal listener, and I have yes. shared a lot of the power metal with the group. Uh, but but now we've all become quite ventured in power metal.
1: And yeah, we are connoisseurs of power metal.
3: Yeah, it is. It's very true. So so we we, we understand the fine wine taste of, of good power metal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes uh, the words have
2: even greater meaning, and uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I've just, I've just sat here blushing. <laughs> Thank you. So, how was your 2022?
1: Besides your album release, what would you say were some of your highlights?
2: Oh, um, it's been a very odd year, like... Obviously, the the album release is like the biggest thing for any of us in the band. Um, but I I moved house. I like sort of upended my life near London and then moved into the countryside.
0: Um, and now
2: I live in a I live in a cottage now. Uh, it has a thatch and everything. It's very like. Um, it, like, if you imagine the houses in, like, <laughs> Lord of the Rings or sure, sure. In yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Law, from Fellowship, I, I kind of live in one of those houses now, um, which is great, and I absolutely love it to pieces. It, it makes love it um, Living the
3: dream, living the yeah. dream. Well, it makes it, it makes, it'll make it easier to shoot more music videos, right? Just go into the back woods. I mean, we've,
2: we've literally, <laughs>
3: literally <laughs> done this already. Um, the Oak and Ash video was filmed entirely
2: in my shed. Um, oh, that's as, awesome. one thing. Oh.
3: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Um, mm.
2: And then we... Uh, there's this place nearby where I live called the Ling, which is like a really strange bit of land that has lots of like scientific interest because it's... it's uh, it, the ground is like simultaneously dying, but also sort of reviving itself, and it, it, it's really weird, and it looks really quite sort of alien as a landscape, but it means that there's loads of like room for us to film music videos around here, and uh, yeah, I mean, expect stuff like that coming at some point in the next year or so.
3: Oh, heck yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Next next year? That gives me, that gives me
0: oh, more music, that's what I need. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're working on it, we're, we're starting. you know.
3: Sounds good. Alright, so uh, so my, my first question is, what would be your perfect band lineup for a concert? A show that you would be attending as an audience member, what bands would you want to see?
2: Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, that's such a good question. I, I like this already. Um, so I think top of the billing for me would probably be Moron Police or okay. Reliant K which oh, are very different
3: bands. Wow. That is um, not what I was expecting, but that is incredible. Yes. Yeah, wow. All
0: right.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I grew up listening to Reliant K religiously, the wow. uh, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no kidding. <laughs> um, Forget and Not Slow Down is my favorite album of all time. So uh, that, that would be, like, hearing any of the songs from that would be, like, number one on my billing. Uh, Moron Police are my favorite sort of, like, current band. Okay. Then, like... Uh, House of Heroes, no more kings, any of that sort of like Midwest pop punk vibe from uh, like the sort of mid to late two thousands. That's like my absolute jam.
3: Okay, all right, wow, that I gotta be honest, I was expecting something like uh, oh, you know, gotta have Sabaton on top, maybe Twilight Force opens <laughs> for them, and, you know, Beast. and yeah, and then Battle Beast maybe below. <laughs> If Cal
2: was on this call, that's exactly what you would get. Okay, Cal yeah, yeah, is an yeah, sure. Absolute power metal monster. Um, <laughs> I was brought in as somebody who, like, I was never into power metal before I joined this band. Really?
3: Um, okay, cool.
2: Like, I was a I was a prog musician uh, before okay. this. Weirdly enough, and uh, I was recruited into Fellowship uh, after it initially existed. Okay. Um, so so my taste is very like musical theatre, pop punk, uh like hyper pop. I really, really like hyper pop these days. Um there's a lot of like anime influence, there's uh ninety percent pop punk. Like like ninety ninety plus percent pop punk. Dude that Oh, say anything, say anything would have to be up there. Okay. <laughs> Dude. Awesome band. Can't
3: cool. be- can't believe I didn't put them on there. Dude oh, oh. That blows my mind. That's so awesome. I yeah. Just, you, that you just that was a great answer. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. So perfect.
1: Now I know that you said you were uh, brought into the band of fellowship. So how did the mere concept of the band come to be?
2: Cool. So um, our drummer Cal and our uh, guitarist Sam, uh, they start. They met at a gig, like three or. Three and a bit years ago, and um, they were just like sort of locally. There, there weren't many like power metal bands or anything that either of them really sort of liked. Uh, and they were playing. I think Sam was playing in a cover band, uh, and, and Cow was playing in. Might actually have been Resin Wolf. Um, but they were sort of local local musicians, and they realized that there were a bunch of really talented local musicians where they lived, and they just sort of wanted to get them all together and, and make something. Um, and Cal, being the power metal devotee that he is, um, had been active on the power metal server for t- with like Twilight Force for ages, and had started oh to God. get to know Lind, um, and was taking a lot of like inspiration from that kind of music and from Lind himself. Um, and... Yeah, because of because of that, it just sort of naturally gravitated towards a power metal sound, um, and then they spent eighteen months looking for a vocalist uh, before they managed to get me.
3: Wow! Wow! Well, that's, they scored, I think. Oh my gosh! Like your your vocal range. <laughs> Thank you very much. Your vocal range is out of this world. It's it's that's crazy, and, and so they yeah, so they found they found somebody and you like and it seems like your contribution to the band in general is is really strong making you a super valuable member overall it's yeah what a brilliant concept album or that you guys had to start off you know you kicked off you kicked off strong
2: oh thank you very much i'm really really glad that the the concept thing sort of comes across and is, is uh, prevalent there cuz it meant a lot to me that ooh, it wasn't just an album that you know sort of like we jump in we we create this album that's like full of bangers but doesn't mean anything
0: right i yeah, really
2: yeah. <laughs> wanted to like lend some sort of like deeper you know in in your chest meaning to it
3: sure um, yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, kind of kind of similar question uh, to my first one but but different in it's who would be the bands that you would want to tour with the most? Like, if you were on your dream tour, either you're opening or, or, or like, who would you hype up, or who would you want to open for you? Who, who is that dream band that you would want to tour with?
2: Oh, cool. Um, I think Gloryhammer is probably it. Okay, because uh, I I really like. I've got to know um, Sozo's. I knew Sozo's before he was recruited as the new glory hammer Vocal. sure yeah, yeah, yeah um and i would really really like to just get to meet him in person because like i've known him over discord for ages I, I just i just really want to meet the guy um and obviously it's the same kind of genre and uh, yeah. he's super talented he's yeah. he like they could not have made a better choice in in uh in Sozos. So, um, yeah, them, that would be really cool. Um, Twilight Force would obviously be, you know, like a dream. Oh my Because, uh, you know, there, there, there are a few bands that we're more similar to than Twilight Force. Um, I mean, i very open about that.
3: I mean, yeah, um, absolutely. It, that that was that would be my dream band. I, I want to see Twilight Force play with you guys, and it would be the best concert of my <laughs> life. You know, it would be like oh, it's like oh, I get two cakes, and you had to eat them at the same time. Crazy, <laughs> you know.
0: Uh, yeah,
2: that be, that would that would be so cool. That'd that be would be really cool.
3: Yeah, that would be really cool.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah. Now
1: let's talk a little bit about the album itself, and I want to ask, what was like the first spark of inspiration that created what would be the Saberlike Chronicles?
2: Oh, there's kind of, like, two answers to that. Because you've got... Um, there is, like, a very defined first moment that we all sort of looked at what we were doing and realised that it was sort of getting bigger than we initially thought it was going to be. And then mm. there's the moment where the songs that we'd just sort of made as, like, an initial... Um, like effort just to see what we would come up with uh, began to take on a bigger life and that sort of transitioned into the, like, the concept of the Sableye Chronicles um, I'll try and answer both briefly but like so when I was recruited into the band it was like just before COVID um, mm. and it meant that uh, I was very far away from the rest of the guys in the band at the time um, I lived in London, they live in a place called Harwich which is like Uh, three hours away by car. And there's like it's even longer by train because there's no like direct train routes or anything, uh, and it's it's an absolute pain. It was such a nightmare. So almost everything we did initially was remote. They would write sort of the backing music. they'd send it to me, I'd create lyrics and stuff like that. I'd mess with Cal's melodies and we'd get really annoyed at each other, but we'd solve it because <laughs> that's the nature of writing music. Um, and and uh, then the first time I met them was the day we went into the studio to record Glint, which was the first song we wrote. Yep. Um yeah. and at the end of that studio day, like they had never heard me sing in person before that studio day. They'd only heard the demos. Um so there was a lot of like risk for them where <laughs> they'd turn up and I could just be garbage. <laughs> they could all be editing. Um thankfully not not quite the case. Um so uh we turned up um and then at the end of that day and uh it was like a 3-day period. We did 3 songs in 3 days. But uh, at the end of that sort of like session, um we sort of sat down at a pub nearby and were like, "Yeah, this was this is better than we thought it was going to be. This is really this is cool." <laughs> um, and I think we were a little bit overwhelmed with it. Um, so that was kind of the first bit where, like, at that point, we knew it was like not just the. I, I don't mean the band was going to take off. Like, we we had no idea that was ever going to happen. Um, we just sort of knew that, like it wasn't something that was just like a laugh or just for fun. It was something that we would all become like very intensely passionate about very, very quickly. Um, And it took those sessions to really sort of cement that. Um, And then when, after the EP came out, um, because that was the first three songs we did as a session, we went in for the second set of songs and we, we'd started writing these uh, sort of around the time that the EP released. And, as we were writing them there was uh one one bit of um the song um okanash where it it sort of almost referenced glint and it was mm. like almost the same vibe and obviously that has become a direct reference correct yeah. um, mm. you know you've got that i've always been worthy in glint and then you have the uh, will i be worthy in okanash mm-hmm. yes. um is it Okanash, or is it Scarlet? No, it is, it is Okanash. Okanash. Yes. Uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm just forgetting my own song. Oh, it um, happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you just get... Uh, anyway, um, and, like, initially it was almost a reference, but it wasn't quite a reference. And I was, at that point, like, when that occurred to me, I was like, oh, can I make this a story? Can I make this... Can I, like engineer the lyrics so that it's it tells something bigger than just like a couple of songs because i knew what theming i wanted straight away like as soon as i joined the band um the music was so uplifting and so happy and power metal generally is so Mm -hmm. um like emotion forward that i think in order to do it justice with any kind of lyrics in order to like marry into the music, you have to be very like upfront with what you're singing about. I don't think you can like hide behind obfuscated lyrics or anything like uh, mysterious quite so much. I think you have to be like I think this is why so many bands do like dragons and goblins and like battles and stuff because it's so like overt and upfront, yeah. and I think that yeah. matches the music. Uh, and I just wanted to do that, but with like emotions and sort of obviously it became like a mental health thing. But I I really just wanted it to be, like, as uplifting and as um, sort of spirit-fueled as possible, if that phrase makes any sense to me. Yeah,
3: oh, absolutely.
2: And when I realised that there was, like the possibility of a link between the songs that that's just sort of like exploded my imagination uh and then I just dived into every song thereafter sort of um like thinking about the theming primarily and matching it to the songs but then looking at the songs very early on in like an order of like what follows the same kind of narrative arc as a book or a film or a story would have right. uh, and it just sort of worked together and it got to a point where we were only like one or two songs short of the album and only at that point did I need to, uh, like, talk to Cal and have begin having these conversations as a band about what we needed to complete the story, and the rest of it all just came organically.
3: Wow! Yeah! Wow! Phenomenal! Mm. Great answer. Yep. So, uh, so kind, of, so kind of following up along a similar vein of, of that as far as the album inspiration goes. I want to ask you, where do you draw a lot of your own fantasy inspiration? Is it books? Is it D&D? Is it video games? Cartoons? Any of those kind? Of, like, what do you like personally that brings you that kind of inspiration that you just enjoy on your own time?
2: I think it would have to be mostly books. Um, I grew up like an avid reader. Um, I was a huge fan of Mercedes Lackey specifically when I was sort of like 15 through 18. That's like the Heralds of Valdemar series. Okay. Um, Sanctuary, any of that stuff. Um, and then obviously I've read all the sort of like classic fantasy books, Lord of the Rings, um, Wheel of Time, all of that yep. jazz. Oh, yeah. And I, t- I took a lot from that. I took a lot from, um, weirdly enough, sort of metafictions. Um, I have a deep personal love of metafiction, um, which is. Uh, a a fancy way of saying books that are like really pretentious and hard to read
3: um sure
2: (laughs) often they're they're books that out like if you if you can get past the sort of like pretension and and the treacle that is their sort of word sandwich that that is the actual prose yeah if you can get past that they often have a very raw very sort of um emotional core to them there and uh, that's where I take a lot of my personal inspiration when it comes to like what then becomes the sort of like overarching narrative of um, of the Saber Chronicles it's not very fantasy-ish that stuff but that's only a small portion in terms of the fantasy stuff like um, yeah loads of books Uh, Princess Bride um, I I adore the Princess Bride Um, it's specific combination of like true whimsy and genuine heartfelt Uh, emotions and taking the emotions part of everything it does very seriously while taking everything else not seriously at all that combination to me is like a, a sort of a perfect marriage nowadays i actually struggle to read books because i am so used to writing um, and ah. and like thinking about this stuff from a creative perspective, both with the band and with like books. Yeah, yeah, um, that like I'll get like 10 pages into a book. And I will have like six different ideas of like how I would do this differently or what I, you know, like an evolution of something. And I'll just take out my phone, get out my little notepad app and write 12,000 words. Uh, and then I'll like forget about the book and it'll be the end of my train journey. And I'll realize I've not read any of it.
3: <laughs> I su- uh, hey, that's like time traveling though. Yeah, you know, that's a perfect way to just be like, well, oh, I use my time wisely and I, I made my own thing. So I'll speak for Andrew too. He Andrew is an indie comic book artist yeah, as well, so he, he he understands that perspective. Yep, sick. We're,
2: that's really cool. What kind of books do you do? Because um, weirdly enough, my day job
3: I work in comics. Really? No kidding. Um, so yeah. uh, so <laughs> I write. I, I, I currently I am writing a fantasy a fantasy adventure. It's a it's a uh, it's a fantasy kind of like based on things like D and D Tolkien. Uh, th- well, Thundercats is my favorite thing ever, so I took a lot of inspiration from Thundercats, uh, and and so it's
2: Thundercats, yeah, so Thundercats,
3: I- <laughs> Thundercats, yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, so yeah, I have a, I have a free online, <laughs> I have an online webcomic that I that I'm currently working on, and uh, and it is fantasy based, very much uh, inspired by music and. Uh, and, and things, but uh, that's not, not about me. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit later. It's turn into to interview about you. It's really cool. Yeah, I cool. i I could tell you about a little bit later. Yeah, I could tell you about a little bit later. Please, do. Yeah, uh, off the record. Off the <laughs> record. Uh, yeah, it'll
2: be fun. Yeah, I'm gonna have the Thundercats theme stuck in my head for the rest of the day now. Uh, yes. thank you. For
3: that. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's it was, it's my pleasure. <laughs> <No> honestly, <worries. laughs>
2: that's great. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing at all. It's such a good theme song.
1: <laughs> now tell us a little bit about the, the world that the Saberlight Chronicles takes place in. Like how vast of a fantasy world is this place that you have created?
2: Well, cool. so um, I mean if anyone is not aware, you can very literally see how vast it is. There is a novel that accompanies the yes, album sir. and that has a map within it. Um, and the, you, you can see it, it's in a land called Brayen. Uh, it, it's written Braygen, but it's, it's pronounced Brayen because it's uh, sort of rooted in, in Old English. Um, there's a whole index in the book if you care about nomenclature and, uh, <laughs> and etymology <laughs> and that kind of thing, because I'm that kind of writer and that kind of nerd. Um, but it's, it's a, I would say it's a land that's like um, very, very rooted in fantasy traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite thing as a writer is to take existing fantasy tropes and then usurp them and turn them on their heads and i think that works especially well for concept albums where because you it's an album format it's not uh, always going to be digested as prose um and people aren't going to like look into the lyrics deeply you need familiar concepts that don't require like a huge amount of um thought to just get to the basics of. You can't have, like, really uh, specific premises or anything like that. Um, So, yeah, I sort of took a very, like, traditional fantasy land. And within that, the character motivations, the, uh, you know, there are fresh new sort of, like, call them races if you want, uh, species of humanoid um, that are, like, totally unique to the stuff that I've created. They're called old kin. They have, like, three jointed limbs. Stuff like this. (laughs) Um, So there's plenty of, like, you know, evolution of the the fantasy tropes. Um, But, yeah, in in terms of the world, it's... uh, The whole thing is set on one island in a... Sort of um, a, a, a sea of other islands, uh, and it's about the sort of. Um, rela- it, it begins with like the sort of relationships between these islands and invaders coming from a different place uh, that has magic into a land that has basically no magic. And I, I, I mean, I could just like wax lyrical into the ether of time uh, about exactly what this book is, but like I think the only thing that's really pertinent to say is that um, within the narrative of fellowship as a whole and the Saberlight chronicles is sort of the first example of this um the fellowship quote-unquote we as a band are characters that bookend um the albums as storytellers and hopefully provided things work out this way the idea is that every album will be a different story that we as storytellers are, are sort of Telling to the audience, and this gives us a lot of freedom to write yeah. about different things, to change theming, um, to sort of you know make sure that we can evolve musically um, as our tastes change, as we get older, as we
3: continue to create.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's a really good process. Yeah,
3: oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, that makes me that makes me look forward to even <laughs> the, more. The prospect of more is yeah, yes, absolutely. Is, is, is like actually <laughs> excited, of course. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I mean we're, we're, okay. on it. we're, we're doing it. <laughs> promise. So here, here's a bit of a thinker for you. If you guys weren't Ooh. making brilliant fantasy power metal, what kind of job would you be pursuing? Oh, it's kind of one that I'm pursuing anyway. But um, okay. nothing in the world brings me more joy than
2: writing. Good. Um, be that novels, be that screenplays, be that video essays. Um, the, the creative process is is just sort of everything to me. Creating things from scratch. (laughs) Here, here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, And the music side of things with Fellowship has, you know, taken like strides ahead of everything else. Yeah. But you know, second to that is uh, writing books. Uh, I especially want to. I I used to be a professional filmmaker, freelance for a couple of years, and then I was the head of video at a startup for a while. Um, So, you know, long term, I really want to make feature films. Ooh. That's kind of my like sort of like lifetime goal for when I'm like fifty or something. I can right, you know, yeah. uh, dump dump any money I've managed to save into some like indie film and try and, and try and sort of go from there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, a- you know anything creative like that would be would be fit for me.
3: Yeah. Oh man, I hear that. I, I've always I've I've been on the same of of the same vein where it's just like I just. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to make things. I just want to create. I get yeah. it, man. Oh, that's awesome. So good to hear. It it does sound like you've had a lot of experiences, though, before coming across, like, to, you know, the, the, the band that we are currently in, you know? Mm-hmm. So it... it uh, how, how... When would you say in your time that you feel like you, you think, like, oh, I've made it, you know? Or, or have you even felt that yet?
2: No. No. Not at all. No, um, yeah. Okay. okay.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like... I think that there are kind of it's one of those questions where there's like two answers there's like a sort of literal we quote we've made it which is you which is I guess we could say we've sort of felt that when we signed the contract a bit Yeah. Uh, like once you've signed with a label that's kind of like the moment for a band where you're like you've graduated past being like a local band or a small time band you've you you know people have taken an actual financial interest in you and that's that's a great feeling like it's, it's really validating um, and i mean there's a whole argument and like an infinite discussion about whether record labels are the way that music should be done these days and and what the future holds for music and like the changing nature of releasing things but in terms of like as a band uh the first sort of like experience you have of of going beyond what you thought you were capable of is is usually that experience um and and that's like the closest we've had but in terms of Like artistic creativity Like having artistically made it I really hope I never feel that I really hope that I never feel like I've um, Made something that's like either at peak Or that I can sort of rest on my hackles And and be like, okay, you know, I've done this thing. That's true. I'm I'm yeah. okay now, I can I can relax. I never want to feel that. I want to be creating until like you know, I I will be like sat in bed, 95 years old, yeah. starting a novel as I'm done like as I pass away. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, oh, dude. You know,
3: first
2: four yeah. words written on a page.
3: Totally, oh man.
2: <laughs> I, I agree. Oh wow. Now tell us
1: a little bit about the hero of the Saber like Chronicles. It's clear that they're trying to prove their worth in battle, but why? Do they need to prove it in the first place?
0: So,
2: my hero is called Atlas, and uh, the the song Atlas is is sort of like that character's introduction. Yes.
0: Um,
2: within the the story, sort of narratively, um, this evil empire turns up on the on the shores of Brayen, and uh, they immediately uh, sort of attack the local villages, looking for this. Item. You don't. They don't know what they're just looking for something. And this village happened to be protecting a shrine with a uh, sort of legendary sword in it. Um, and and the the opening of the, uh, of the of the story is a discussion between the villagers and this one sort of upstart kid. You know, classic classic fantasy stuff of whether their job is to protect and hide the sword away from the from this invading empire mm. or to use the sword. To try and fight them off.
0: Ooh,
2: and, yeah. mm. um, to, you know, the answer that the village give, that the village elders give, um, is that it's their job to fight without employing the sword, without using any of that. It's their job to, you know, make a stand and fall as long as they hide the sword, that their sort of, you know, like, stand against this empire implies a lack of um, there being any sort of weapons around here, and that might hide the sword and do their sort of duty of protection better than actually using the sword. Mm. Whereas Atlas disagrees, tries to use the sword, fails the sword's test, and breaks it. <laughs> um, thus destroying the thing that all of his friends have just sort of died to protect. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then the, you've got uh, a couple of songs later he's gone off to live this life life of a sort of mercenary, try and sort of forgive himself of his past sins um, while fighting off this uh, empire that are slowly taking over the land, still looking for this item um, and uh from there the story sort of continues um there are minor you know there would be spoilers if i if i went from here but that's sort of you know it's a, it's very much a story about redemption yeah um absolutely. it is like personal redemption um yes. and uh the sort of the emotional growth of trying failing and then using the experiences of your failure and the uh the emotions that you put upon yourself to succeed in the future and to grow stronger than you were before that's kind of the, the core idea
3: that's fantastic that beautiful. is beautiful yeah. very, very awesome. beautiful all right so now i probably have one of the most important questions out of the entire interview that we're going to have probably forever and, and that you'll ever hear ever uh now now steal okay. your steal yourself for this one Will we ever get a re-recording of Can You Feel the Love Tonight with a full second verse? Uh, and, and get the full song in effect. <laughs> um, I, I, I wish
2: I could say yes, but the other is probably better. No. I know. Um, <laughs> Oh, man, yes. no, no, no. I know. Uh, we... We did that initially, and uh, obviously it went just completely insane um, straight away on the internet, and we really did not want to be known as a cover band. Sure. For all all. No, absolutely. It was so... Violently opposed to being known for this one cover, and I don't think we'll like. We might do like a Christmas. I, we didn't get around to it this year. We were thinking about doing a Christmas thing, but unfortunately, time just sort of crept sure, up on yeah. us too fast. Yeah. At some point in the future, we'll probably do a Christmas song. Maybe a couple albums in, there'll be another cover. But like, the, <laughs> we were vehemently opposed to, um, to doing more covers. <laughs> I think I, we'll park that where it lives.
3: I do. I do want to let you know though that before you guys were even a thing like this is I'm talking years ago the most song that I like in my own head because I like to I write music or me me and Jonathan we used to write music and we used to be in bands ourselves and go that far and and the number one song that I wanted to arrange into a power metal arrangement was can you feel the love tonight and so when (laughs) I came across you guys and I found that my mind was blown because it's like the universe opened up and heard my prayers like and and I was just like like, oh my gosh this is this is phenomenal like because because you obviously you guys must agree. That's like the one song that can be translated into power metal so easily and so wonderfully.
2: Yeah, I mean, right at the start of that process, um, when we were writing our original song, Sam, uh, so that, that's our guitarist he did the arrangement for Can You Feel The Love um, he just sort of he was like trawling the internet looking for songs he liked and he, he that we could maybe do a cover of for like because you're a band you do a cover sure, it yeah. gets you a little bit sure. further than like just coming out with originals straight away often right. Um and he realized that no one... Had, like, there were a million power metal covers of Disney songs. And just yeah. no one had really done this. No, like, somehow this one had been missed. Right. Despite being, like, a very familiar song to everyone. So we just sort of chose that one. Um, and, cl- yeah, clearly it works. <laughs> it works yeah. pretty well. It's great.
3: Yeah, bravo. It's it, it, it's absolutely stunning. It's 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 Aww. so awesome. Uh, I, the only thing... It, the funny thing is, though, is when I first started listening to that song, I maybe listened to it about a hundred times before I realized there's no second verse in here. It's just a, it's just, a, it's just a guitar solo. you like, yeah, so there's that sought after second verse that I want to hear.
2: <laughs> I see. I, I think see.
3: you're gonna have to wait. Long. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, if we were going to re-record it, I think it's actually more likely that there would just be more guitar solo. I don't know if you've noticed, we really. Love like long guitar, so
3: it's it's totally like, cool. Every song on the album is yeah, it's just, totally like, cool. Like three minutes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for indulging me in for that crazy question. That, that I really wanted to get that one out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, now, now no you've talked, yeah. Now you've uh, talked about uh, your future plans for like future albums of, of telling like the stories that you would like to showcase and the records. Um, would you say that Saberlight Chronicles? is the start of One Giant Fellowship epic, or is this first album just a standalone story and every other one is also going to be a standalone story?
2: Yeah, standalone stories. Um, mm. There will be a a sort of overarching story about the band itself, mm-hmm. um, where w- we as characters and our characters have their own narrative plot that is told through the bookends of each album um going forwards and you know hopefully sort of four or five albums in that will be its own complete story but then each album will be you know a story that we uh sort of diegetically tell um and personally like the reason i uh because i I created the sort of world setup and all of this stuff um largely on my own and just sort of brought it to the other guys and they were like yes this is good um And there was basically no feedback other than sort of two thumbs up. Um, (laughs) But the reason I I wanted to do it like that was because it was of utmost importance to me that we don't become uh, stymied or sort of, um, like, boxed in by a setup that we create at the beginning of our journey. Because... uh, like with anything you don't know where you're going to be three years from now you might change opinions you might want to do a really dark album you mm-hmm. might want to you know like uh, we will change as people we will evolve as musicians um there might be fresh experiences the world might change i mean the world is changing constantly it's mental and because of that there are going to be things that we're going to want to write about that we don't know we want to write about now um so i wanted to make sure that whatever format we chose for these stories was open-ended and malleable and like changeable um so it made much more sense to me to do like a sort of overarching story to like as a container and then within that each album is free to be its own thing and it doesn't matter what we do we will always be able to tell stories and fit them within the fellowship universe
3: oof sick that's gonna be awesome. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think I, I I see a lot of really great potential because I feel like with music like this, you don't just have to tell stories about like heroes. You can always, you can tell the stories from villains or even third person <laughs> perspectives. A really
3: great meal that you had at a tavern. Yeah <laughs> on your yeah. journey.
2: I mean I love more than anything I love writing about like micro stories I call them so like um, for me because uh, this is gonna turn into a really weird answer to that question. it wasn't even a question it's just like a really weird thing that I this is just like a sort of core artistic belief for me nice but like we as we as humans our daily lives the things that we experience are all very small form And like, uh, you know, it's like if you fall in love with somebody, it's like a one to one connection for the most part. Um, If you you know, it's like uh, how much you love your pets, how much you love your house or where you live. You can go outside at night, look up at the stars and feel sort of alone in the universe. All of these experiences, every fundamental experience to, to being a human is really small and personal and because of that i think that stories about like you know like a single beer that you had in a tavern once or like somebody you met down a road or something those stories are just fundamentally more affecting than these grand like world ending huge marvel villain Kind of, I'm going to destroy the universe. Things, the consequences to those always feel lesser to me than the consequences of like a personal relationship ending, and that's kind of how I try to couch most of my stories anyway. And and fellowship is
3: absolutely no exception to that. Amazing, yeah, awesome, yeah. So, uh, okay, so I'm going to preface preface this question with a little bit of gushing, uh, where I'm going to say, so so pre so pre album release. My favorite song had to be Heart, Hearts Upon the Hill. Uh, Post album release, I would have to say it has to be Saint Beyond the River. Um, and oh, now, nice. And now I'm going to ask you uh, the, the one question one artist should never ask another artist, which is to pick between your babies. <laughs> what, so, which track are you most proud of and, and that you are just so thrilled? It's like, oh, yes, that's the song. I love this one off of this album.
2: Oh, um okay, so there are two songs that that fit that bill for me. Sure. Uh, kind of three. Like um the the first one is Saints Beyond the River because yeah it's the only song on the album that I wrote the music and the lyrics for oh um, right yeah so it's that one is just like my personal baby um, yep. the rest of them are all Cal and Sam songs that I've then come on and put like lyrics and altered the melodies and done stuff like that cool. but that's been like super collaborative Saint beyond the river is very much um, I got a lot of help from Sam on that Sam is uh, an astonishing writer and he really really helped uh, with that um, with that song in terms of like making it power metal um, because I originally wrote it as like a sort of almost like an acapella folk thing, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. as like a sort of breathing. Spe- I wanted breathing space on the album. That was why I wrote it. Um, and then we were like, "It's not. It's not power metal at all." <laughs> and Sam, like, helped <laughs> me make it power metal. <laughs> Um, But that one is obviously very personal for that reason. Um, In terms of, like, just if I'm putting the... If I'm, like, listening to the album or... uh, Most importantly, like, when I'm rehearsing, the song that I I enjoy singing the most and just enjoy listening to the most is Scars and Shrapnel Wounds by such a large margin. Ah. I, I... I... That song is, like, my happy place. It is lyrically it's got some of the stuff that i'm personally the most proud of um i love the line my heart is beating at a quarter of the speed it used to i bruised and beat it myself that line is probably my favorite lyric on the album yeah um it's uh, i don't know it's just uh, it's like clever but not really like up yourself
3: clever <laughs> it's, it's like it's fun you know it's nice no it's, it's pretty clever it's like, that's a yeah. clever line it really it's poetic
1: i will say that scars I, and I, wounds is like the song that whenever i listen to it i picture this would make an awesome opening theme to a fantasy anime yeah <laughs>
2: oh yeah i mean that's the dream is it like that's that's like yeah. that is the moment we've made it you know like right, when, yeah, when we're yeah, on right. an anime that's the moment <laughs> um but yeah so there's that um love that song to pieces and then uh, nothing will ever come close to like the feeling of singing glint with a crowd singing it back so that one is always going to be like super personal yeah
3: to us. so dude uh, no kidding uh I, I'm gonna I'm gonna return it to my comic book for just a second. Uh, but when I'm so I listen I listen to music while I'm writing my comic book because it's a fantasy comic book. Power Metal is just the perfect thing. When when I think of like, hey, if this were to be animated one day, if this were if I were to bring this to animation, I would almost want Glint to be that opening the opening theme song for my for my for to if like my comic was animated because it's so integral to like theming and because I, I say Hearts Upon the Hill and Saint Beyond the River as my two but Glint is kind of like on its own on its own level where it's just like okay here are my favorite songs and then of course there's Glint like that's just the best you know like that that is that is like a, a that is like a, a, a dream song for a band like and you guys just crushed it with Glint so, yeah, I agree. I totally agree with your assessment. Thank you so much. That's, I mean, I would, I would love that.
2: If you ever get an animation, I'm sure you, we, we can like speak to Scarlet and wangle some permission yeah. to use
3: it. That's right.
2: You know what's I'm funny? sure we'll find a way.
3: You know what's funny is that I will say that um, you, you said that originally St. Beyond the River wasn't meant for like power metal. But I, it's my favorite guitar solo on the album. Yeah, like, I love the guitar <laughs> solo. So yeah, um, so so it's funny that it wasn't to that place, but then you brought it to that place, and and then it meets that. Um, and then that's will,
0: so cool. Yeah,
3: um, which I will also say though that my favorite lyric amongst everything is um, "Request of the moonlight that the sun sees my face." Oh, like that. I know, I know that. Oh, geez, that line—it's so good. I actually, I'm taking a but master's. I'm taking a master's class right now, and one of them is photography, and one of the students uh, in the class is making her series is that her photographs are going to be based off of song lyrics, and she has to personify those. And I gave her that lyric, and I was like, and and she was like, I have to listen to the song now, because it's an amazing line. (laughs) So that was, that's mine.
2: Oh, I mean, you have to you have to send me whatever they come up with. I'm like, I, I hope yeah, they do. it. That's so cool. I yeah. hope they do it because right please, now they have like a, they
3: have a, a library of like fifty songs, and I'm really hoping that they do get to mine. <laughs> so like if if they have All it, right. I will absolutely request it.
2: Well, if if they, if they do, like please, I, you know, seeing seeing what people like transform your stuff into is one of the most rewarding things. Yeah,
1: just oh, yeah, going yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when The Saber Lake Chronicles came out, a lot of positive buzz, a lot of great feedback from critics, music lovers everywhere, but I noticed that there was one or two websites that joked that The Saber Lake Chronicles is the very first fantasy power metal album not to include dragons in them. And... (laughs) I'm curious. Do they exist at all in your fellowship lore, or does some other magical creature replace
2: them? They might one day. Um, there's yeah you know, nothing in the first album, nothing in Brayan. I was I really like so one of the first arguments we had in a band, and <laughs> every band has arguments. Doesn't yeah. matter how close friends you are, because we're really good buddies now. But like, the uh, one of the first arguments we ever had was that. I didn't want to write about dragons and goblins. I really, like, truly didn't want to do dragons and goblins. And I didn't want to use the word destiny very often either. Because, to me, these were, like, the bits of power metal that uh, have, like, been done so much that it's difficult to do anything fresh with them.
1: I agree. And it doesn't matter how
2: much you try. And, you know, Twilight Force have done dragons... Like you, No one can do dragons better
3: than what? Twilight. They, they took Their all dragons to... are the best dragons. <laughs> they took them all. There's no more dragons yeah. left on the shelf.
0: Yeah, no more dragons left. You go to the storehouse,
2: and you're like you're looking up dragons, and it's just empty shelves. It just uh, says
3: Twilight. Uh, there's a couple shell. of goblins yeah. to the left. Yeah. <laughs> we've, got some, we've got some... Yeah, Gloryhammer didn't take all the goblins. You guys used to have some goblins.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Um,
2: yeah, there's oh, there are no evil wizards. Trying to find an evil wizard these days really difficult. Um, <laughs> I think Black Sabbath uh, anyway, might stole yeah, all so, those evil wizards. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've been gone for decades. Uh, you get one shipment every, every, like, five years, and you've got to steal one while you can. It, it pre-orders or nothing. Sorry, um, it's going to
1: Aussie. Yeah, Aussie has all the wizards.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I forgot what the question was, but, yeah, I mean, there might be dragons at some point. There might be Like, if, if I can find a way to narratively fit them into an emotional journey that would make dragons relevant, then sure. Absolutely, we're not cordoning off dragons. Listen, I didn't miss them um, I didn't,
1: just no, any no, any I didn't miss them either. So I just nice. thought it was a funny observation yeah. from a, what the website.
3: Though, granted, if you guys cross over with Twilight Force, like you, you know it's going to happen. <laughs> you know it's going <laughs> to happen. You guys have to fight oh, yeah. a dragon together. So let's do it. Atlas is going to be coming into the song riding on the back of a dragon. That's right. This, yeah.
2: This is- <laughs> nice. Yeah, sick. I mean, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can find a way to do that. The, the heart dragon or something, you know, you've got to got to fight it with heart emotions dragon. or some something, something like that. That's very
3: like fellowshippy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I like absolutely. that. I like that too. There's a, there's a ring to that. Um, so, so you guys released kind of like a small mini documentary about your behind the scenes footage and recording in the studio. Uh, and let me tell you. It was it was a joy to watch it because you guys looked like you were having a blast. You were crushed into that tiny little room, and we were just watching you play play your music. You you were showing like the fun days. Was it were there any days that you recorded where it was just really stressful and you were just like, guys, uh, I can't laugh today. Turn off the camera. Yeah, turn off the camera. I can't laugh today. I just I just we just got to get this recording done. I don't know if that's a good question to ask, but I, but I really enjoyed the documentary, and I just want to know more. <laughs>
2: I mean, firstly, like you, you guys have done some deep dives for this. This is good. I, like, I really like these questions. You guys ask such good questions.
0: Thank
2: you. Um, I, honestly, I don't think there were any days where we were just, like, stressed out of our mind. There's one clip where Brad is sitting in a chair and he says that we've just, like, truly effed something up. Like, we've lost, like, hours of work. Um, I can't remember exactly what happened. But, like, that was the worst it got. That day was bad. And we were still <laughs> giggling about it. Like, we were still having fun. I think the probably the most, like, serious day where just nothing fun happened was, like, mixing. At the end of the process, we did, like, yeah. a mixing day. Yep. Yeah. We just had to go through everything. And we didn't have that much time. And there was a lot to do. And we went in. And I think on that day, like, I'd really pushed for the mixing day. And I think at that point, I was probably the only one who thought that the, we would spend the whole day mixing. Um, And I think the others were a little bit sort of like, ah, we'll fix this here and there. And then once you put five musicians in a room and you listen to a song with your producer involved, uh, you're going to pick up on things that you didn't know were there, and you're going to spend hours fixing them. And that was exactly what happened. And that, that day was quite stressful, but, you know, I don't think at any point in that process we, we stopped having fun.
1: As someone who edits his own podcast, I totally get where you're coming from, because, like, whenever I record, like, I feel like I'm in the moment, I'm in the zone. Okay, everything sounds great, and I go back and listen, and all of a sudden you'll hear, like, a... That sound like in between the yeah. like, ah. Yeah. I <sighs> yep. have to re record this part. I <laughs> so oh, yeah. understand that frustration.
2: Back when I was doing video work, uh, the M, like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I know the feeling so well. Of, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how good that you think the, the take is, there's always something. There's always something to fix.
1: You are the Fellowship. Saberlight Chronicles, our pick for best album of 2022. But I am curious to know what your favourite albums of
3: 2022 have been. Oh, good question.
0: Oh, blimey. Um, I
2: mean, the, the thing is, weirdly enough, I don't actually listen to that much music, and that sounds yep. horrendous no as idea. a no, that's musician. But oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, It's just, uh, it's di- kind of difficult to find the time between, like, creating music, my day job, and then, uh, just like traveling, doing, doing other things. Um, in terms of the album that I'd listened to the most this year, if I, if I'm just like taking it out of, uh, like, things that were released this year. Uh, maybe the Polyphia album. Like, if if I'm going from, like, stuff that was released this year, I pr- have probably spent the most time with Polyphia's new album. Mm. Not that I know its name. Um, <laughs> uh, in, if, in terms of the album I've spent the most time with, uh, it would probably be Is A Real Boy by Say Anything. I went back to that album, which is, is one of my all-time favorites, and I've I've spent so long with it this year.
3: Awesome. Nice. Yeah, and and you should not feel ashamed about that, because... I'm I'm a comic book artist. How many comic books do you th- comic books do you think I'm reading? It's like it's 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 very little. It's I have like every once in a while I'm able to pick up like a manga or something and 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 read whatever new volumes coming out. But other than that, I'm not reading comic books. I'm making my own. You know, it's I don't have time for that. It's just the it's the, it's, it's the art it's the artist struggle. It really truly is the artist struggle. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering, like for 2023,
1: we're coming to the end of 2022, but for 2023 coming up, I'm curious to know what does the future hold for Fellowship?
0: Cool. So, uh,
2: in terms of our like immediate goals, um, we've been really hard pressed to do any kind of touring in the UK. The scene is like for power metal specifically, but also just music generally. Like the scene over here isn't great, and. We, we're in this awkward space where we as a band, like, we've grown so much as a band that I don't feel like pubs and local gigs or, like, what we, what we would call small gigs over here are the right places to play our music anymore. Right, right. Like, it wouldn't be comfortable for people because they would likely be oversubscribed. Um, it wouldn't be, like... Uh, the right environment for a lot of our songs, like, our songs are very, sort of, like, the the crowd vibe is really integral to our live experience. Yes. Mm. Um, so we you know, we're looking for sort of, like, medium-sized venues to play in, like, we, we, we're under no, like, <laughs> we're, we're not under any impression that we're, we're like, uh, you know, we could, like, headline a tour or anything, <laughs> yet. We will get there. We will absolutely get there, um, but we, we know that you know that's a little early. So we're looking for like sized venues, and there just aren't that many in the UK that would that would do power metal bands. Mm. Um, there are a couple, and we can look at them. And we're looking at like you know we do all the festivals and stuff we did like power metal quest fest recently that was great yeah it was so much fun um but we really want to do a tour so we're currently looking at we've just signed a management deal with Nightcrawler management they're going to help us get like uh, booking agents onto tours stuff like that and and really push the live stuff so that's a really big priority for us um and then we've just started the writing process for the next album we've got sort of i think we've got maybe four songs at the moment that are like getting to the point where they can have lyrics assigned to them okay um okay. so you know we're 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 making headway there uh it's you know it, obviously it, it takes us quite a while we we're very like perfectionist with our songs we're we're the sure. type of band that writes like, if we're releasing a 12-track album, we'll write 12 songs. But right. we probably won't write many more songs than that. Whereas a lot of bands are like... They'll write 60 songs and cut them down to yeah, uh, yes. And then right. from yeah. there, they'll like refine them. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's 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 pretty much those two things. We just really want to get the live show going um, and, and do a tour and, and like look at Europe and stuff like this. Um, and then we... Yeah, just a solid work on album two.
1: Are you eyeing America at all? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, like, as soon as it is feasible for us, we absolutely will. Um It's re- i I don't know how much you guys know about, like, the music industry, but it's really hard to make money as a band. This oh, no. Oh, so yeah, we know. know. Yeah, we're it,
3: aware. Yeah.
2: But yeah, like, it's... Yeah. Uh, Especially as, as like a fresh band on on the come up, uh, we have to be super careful with yeah. with what we do because like once we get on like if we can get onto like a supporting tour, um, that's much safer for us because it means that there's no risk that we enter into a tour and we hemorrhage ourselves and we like bankrupt ourselves. Yep. But if we were to like go out on our own and go like we want to tour of America. There is a very real risk that we just fully bankrupt ourselves.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. It's understandable. I, um, I'm friends with a lot of bands that have toured um, from the UK, come over here, and they have been in the red. Like, it causes them to go into red. Yeah. They they have a great time yeah. on tour, but then when they go back to England, they see the bills yeah. and be oh, like, no. "Oh yeah.
3: crap."
2: <laughs> And, I mean, post, post-COVID, post everything is so much more expensive than it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, we basically, like, we, we're definitely going to do it. Nothing will stop us, um, but we, we do have to be careful about it.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, you'll definitely have at least three people there being like, yeah, it's fellowship time! Ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> so, the final question I
1: like to ask bands that are on our show... Um, is a little variation of what I call three-album island. And basically the question is, if you found yourself stuck on a deserted island and you managed to, like, Gilligan's Island, a record player, you know, using coconuts, vines, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing, which three albums would you like to have with you to help keep you sane until your imminent rescue, and why?
2: Cool. Um... I've kind of answered this question in in, in some ways. Um, yes! Forget and so Not Slow Down by Reliant K is, like, unequivocally there. Unequivocally. Mm. Uh, that album has the most personal significance to me in terms of, like, my, my human development um, of, of any sort of... pretty much any piece of art ever. Um, and for, like if I'm on a desert island, I will need constant reminding of, of like who I am, like, Mm -hmm. like what my values are. Yep.
3: Um,
2: and, and that that's to do that. Um, then maybe agent fresco's Destria album. That album is, is, um, is such a a unique experience and it's, it's about personal struggle. It's, it's about things that are, um, like it's very, very deeply introverted as an album. And I, I think that would be, you know, that would be useful with your being alone. It's a good time to reflect. Um, and then something to keep me happy, probably Hello, Dolly, the sound, the original soundtrack to the Hello, Dolly film from 1960. Wow. I want
3: to say, All right. Cool. 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 That's, That's a the, good mix. That
1: is a very good mix. I'm I'm very big into theater, too. Like, whenever I visit New York, I try nice. to go see a Broadway show and everything. Um what besides Hello Dolly? I'm curious. Like, which musicals do you enjoy most? Oh.
2: Um, I mean, Hello Dolly is my all-time favorite. Um, then I think uh, so. Like old stuff, My Fair Lady. I, I mean, I love most old musicals, but My Fair Lady is is truly excellent. Um, Really, weirdly enough, there are some modern ones that are like hidden gems. Uh, I love Something Rotten, which is an yes. American play about Shakespeare. Um, something Rotten is, is so good. I love something. I love its pieces. I think the Mean Girls musical is better than it has any right to be.
0: Um, <laughs> the <That's, that's, laughs> exact Legally Blonde. Yeah.
2: Legally Blonde, the soundtrack for I've not seen it, but the soundtrack for Legally Blonde is absolutely splendid. And to to sound really British about it, splendid, splendiferous, absolutely chuffed <laughs> pieces. Um, but <laughs> no, it's uh, that that is like outrageously good for me. Um, I absolutely adore that musical. Yeah, anything like that. I do a lot of like local theatre um, because. Obviously, the fellowship stuff is really taxing, um, and you—it's—it's it's, with with singing. Uh, this is a weird sort of tangent, but with singing, it's kind of like bodybuilding, where yeah. you can't be in perfect condition all year. You you can't. You just can't. It's not possible. Um, you have to have off periods, but during that those periods, you still need to sing. You still need to do something, um, in the same way that you still need to exercise. And uh, for that, like I do a lot of like local theater to sort of keep me on my toes musically um, without like just being power metal all year and tiring myself out um, and, and doing any damage.
1: One of the things I actually love about the Legally Drawn musical is that the person who plays Elle Woods in it is uh, Christian Chenowick, who, um, mm. she played the original uh, Glinda in the musical yep. Wicked. Wicked. And right. what I found funny is the fact that when I saw Wicked and saw Kristen Chenoweth performing as Glinda, the first thought that came to mind is that if they had made a movie of Wicked right then and there, Reese Witherspoon would have been the person to play <laughs> That's funny. Glinda. That's really
3: funny. Yeah. I just wanna uh, kind of finish this off by telling you how I even discovered you guys. Uh, I thought I thought I thought that might be an interesting adventure. Um, oh yeah. Just just to kind of just kind of hear the process. So, uh, so I'm I'm obviously as we discussed very big into power metal. I, I listen to you know Twilight Force, Sabaton, Freedom Call, uh, like almost daily. And and now you guys are on that list. That is like oh well, if I need some inspiration, I'm I'm popping this album on immediately. And uh, I I want to let you know that. Uh, so I was I was on Facebook one day, and uh, and and Fairyland posted about you guys. Um, yeah. And, and it, it was when you guys uh, released the Glory Days single, and so uh, fairy, and so when Fairyland posted that, I, I went I went to it, gave it a listen, and I was like, "Huh, there's something about this." And so so then I went and I found the rest of it, and that's when I discovered the uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight. A uh, uh, single, and and I listened to that. I was like, "Wow, what are the chances that the arrangement that I was looking for?" And then I went through, and I listened to that first EP, those first five singles that you guys repl- uh, did daily. And then <laughs> and then I had to tell everybody I knew about it. Yes. So that's how these guys found out about you and started. I was like, "You guys gotta hear this. This is beyond." And then, um, and then,
1: like, okay, Andrew, let's sing metal power And then us being like. Oh
3: damn! This is yeah. actually amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I have a buddy who lives out in Japan, uh, and and I had I I sent him a bunch of Power Metal. I sent him Twilight Forest. I sent him you guys, and and he latched on to you guys. Like so, so we just we all obviously just got all of our Spotify wraps uh, in play, <laughs> and uh, and of course I I tagged you guys. You guys retweeted or uh, retweeted my story, or and and you know as as you do on during Spotify Wrapped, but my buddy Ian. Uh, you know because we're all in like a, oh you're in the one t- uh, top one percent of listeners for for uh, for fellowship i was like oh that's really cool my buddy ian he got into the top point five percent of listeners of fellowship listeners and i was just like you like how can you beat me out when i said you so so you, yes, uh... guys, you guys are making some strides and you guys are making it around and i i hope it just keeps going
2: Oh, I mean, thank you so much for telling me that. It's it's so cool to hear how things spread, and it's it's sort of quite a warm, fuzzy feeling that like, <laughs> uh, people not just hear our music, but like want to tell people about it. Like it's what you want to share. That's really cool. So when I'm not doing this, I sometimes
1: will teach English to students in Japan. Nice. And uh, one of my uh, students, she's an adult who is who used to be an English teacher. is trying to get back into it, but she needs to practice her English again since it's been a while. And Mm -hmm. she was telling me about like, oh, I'm I'm trying to get back to the gym and everything, but I need something to motivate me. And I'm like, well, I have an album for you to listen to. (laughs) And I sent her Saber Lake Chronicles, which is an album that I actually listen to regularly when I do work Oh yeah. It's a a workout album. It it is a workout album. And she came back to me and said, I loved this. This was perfect for what I needed to do. Yeah.
2: Amazing. There's a there's a guy in our Discord server called Titan Titanic and I would like you to hazard a guess how many times if if any of you know this because we did post it on our Instagram story how many times he's listened to Until the Fires Die
3: this Oh year. my gosh. I don't know if I saw that just one. Just the one on song.
2: Instagram. Just the one song Until uh, the Fires Die.
3: Since since the release of the album I'm hmm, I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm going to, it I might be lowball, I don't know, but it may, maybe I'll say like 350, 350
0: times.
2: 2,100 and, <laughs> sorry, no, 2,300 and I want to say 24 times. He listened to that song more than I listened to music. <laughs> wow. That's phenomenal, man. That's. It, it, it averaged 12 times a day since the release.
3: Oh my gosh! What do you think he does? I, I don't know, but like I don't know. Yeah, like if you, but if you're <laughs> is like so if, cool. Like if you're, yeah, if you're like working in a warehouse, it's just like, oh yeah, let me just throw on, throw on until the fire dies. Well, or he's a firefighter yeah. and he he's yeah. like, I'm just gonna put out this building until <laughs> the fire dies. Yeah. Wow, that you. Oh man, you guys are killing it. You really are, and and I think you guys have have hit. An audience that knows something special, and and you uh, you understand arranging power metal and and the pentameters that me you, like, you go into it in the like, like I would just say arranging music yeah you know yeah, exactly like it's 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 like it's like listening to to Twilight Force and and they you know they just release a new single and and it's just <laughs> like how do they keep doing it. Yes. How do they? How did they just do it again? And that's when I when I listened to to Saber Light Chronicles for the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, their first album is a perfect album. I can listen to it from beginning to end and not skip it. Agreed,
1: agreed. It, I think that's one of the big reasons why it is our world
3: album of the year. Yeah. So so congratulations to you guys. Truly,
2: that's so nice of you. That's really really kind. Thank you so much.
3: You're welcome. Also, uh,
2: since since it got mentioned, just shout out to Fairyland. Um, yep. We, yes. we really miss, like, Phil Phil passed on this year. I know. Uh, that hit us really, really hard. Yeah, I, uh, know. I, I know. I uh, know. I don't know if you've heard our, um, the bonus track on the Japanese album, but, like, we were fortunate enough that that features Phil, um, and we were, we were just really glad that we got to do that with him before.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's... Taken, so. That's that's what and what a special moment too, you know, because because and and going into it and mentioning that, like I figured, you know, that that's what what it would be, you know, is like because because Phil yeah, Phil did pass away and that was, but but man, yeah, it, what what an adventure you guys have had so far, right? Shout out to Fairyland to, for introducing a whole bunch of new people to it. Shout out to. To Twilight Force who's, who's working with you guys and you guys are friends with them and, and has given you guys so much inspiration behind your album and then just shout out to you guys for being talented musicians you know uh, for, for creating your own story and sticking with it and, and making some awesome music.
2: Thank you so much um it, it's uh I mean it's, it's an absolute honor for anyone to speak about our music in the in the terms that you guys have today um, And it's you know it's it's very easy for us I think to like lose track of the end result when we're working on stuff yeah. like we, we you know when you buckle down on any artistic project you sort of like get into the headspace of like making it and you forget that it it really means something to people um, and I, but I, I think it, it, it can really be benefit what you create and what 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 we hopefully will go on to create. Um, to hear stuff just to hear you know hear what this stuff means to people, um, I, I think that will influence us just as much as you know Twilight Force and uh, and Fairland have in the past.
1: Absolutely, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us here on One on One. Myself, AFL, and Starr, We are truly. We feel truly happy to be able to be discussing your band Saberlight Chronicles. Chronicles this has been a really big thrill for us. Yeah and because, what a fun
3: interview yeah. what a fun yes. interview.
2: I'm, I'm glad you had fun. I
3: had, I had a whale of a time and it was really really great to meet you all. It was awesome to meet you too. I'm like, Thank you for taking the time to do this with us truly. Yeah. No worries no worries and at all. We absolutely look forward to seeing what you guys have in store next. Yeah. Yes. We'll be
1: there. Sick. Thanks um, so much. And now listeners to end this interview is a selection from our world album of the year pick The Saberlight Chronicles by Fellowship this is Oaken Ash